This time on Poll Hub, the toll from COVID-19 is much higher than we may think. There are now more than 300,000 deaths in the U.S. and more than 16 million people have been infected. But what about the toll this pandemic has had on our mental health? We have new survey data that uncovers this other devastating impact of the coronavirus. Then, a couple of year-end traditions here at the Marist Poll. What Americans see ahead in 2021. And what are the most annoying words of the year? Spoiler alert, you're on mute is not in the top three. Yeah, whatever. Let's do this. And hi, everybody. Welcome to Poll Hub. I'm J.D. Dapper, Director of Innovation here at the Marist Poll. And I'm Barbara Carvalho, Director of the Marist Poll. And I'm Mary Griffith, Media Director for the Marist Poll. And I'm Lee Merengoff, Director of the Marist College Institute for Public Opinion. We have talked a lot this year, uh, for good reason, about uh, the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, we started, I think, with one of our earliest episodes in the year, probably was in February or March. We were already talking about it. And then, of course, as things got worse, we've talked about it a lot. We've done a lot of polls on it. We've asked a lot of survey questions. Um, we've looked at it through the lens of politics and medicine and, and all kinds of things. One thing we have talked about only a little bit, we've, we've actually talked about it in the context of some of the other things that are happening around coronavirus is our mental health. And um, there are some new survey, there's new survey data, I should say, um, that I, I think we want to look at because it talks about the coronavirus, the hidden part of the coronavirus that we really haven't seen much, but we're all affected by, whether we have gotten the virus or not, and that is our mental health. Yeah, what we've seen uh, is that Gallup um, has their uh, health and healthcare survey, which uh, they do annually. Um, and they look at um, Americans' mental health and emotional well-being, um, in addition to a number of different factors. And in the past, uh, when Gallup has measured this, and I believe they've done this for almost 20 years now, since uh, 2001, um, when they started asking the question about uh, Americans' mental and emotional well-being, um, they have generally found that that range is between 81 to 89 percent of Americans saying that their emotional well-being is generally excellent or good. Um, this time, not surprisingly, uh, that number has dropped below the low of that normal range to 76 percent of Americans saying that their mental health is excellent or good. But probably even more importantly, only about a third of the people that were surveyed uh, said that their mental health was excellent. And this is down uh, from 43% just last year. So this is certainly one indicator. There are actually many others that uh, do uh, talk about the, the toll that uh, 2020 and all of the events associated uh, with COVID um, from you know, the economy and jobs to health and schools um, certainly has had um, you know, the impact that it's had on, on Americans. Um, and certainly people around the globe. Yeah, I was going to say that, uh, you know, the the table has been full this year. Uh, and I think you know, what causes the kind of stress that people have been experiencing is also the, been the uncertainty, because in the beginning, we just didn't know what we were dealing with. And then we found out what we were dealing with. And then the economy, you know, went into a tailspin. And then, you know, we've had sort of on the periphery and then dead center, presidential election. And that caused a lot of anxiety, which we 
Soag as in our polling and in people we were just talking to casually uh, as you got around election day, I mean, people really thought that not only was COVID, uh, you know, being on the ballot that year in some ways, but also just whether it was going to be four more years of Donald Trump or we were going to change with Joe Biden. And people, look, we saw the huge turnout. People were very invested uh, and had a huge stake in that. Uh, but with that comes stress and uncertainty. And I think that's what we've seen in these numbers um, that Gallup provided. Um, not a pretty picture when it comes to just people having to plow ahead and get by with this. And let's not forget that we haven't had a slow news day in a very, very long, long time. You know, just the amount of exhaustion that I think people are feeling overall. Um, you know, we joke around every once in a while in terms of what day of the week is it, and you know, what am I doing today? And I think that has a lot. Uh, that's very telling in terms of where people are with their mental health. And one other thing, though, that I did find interesting in this Gallup data is that while Americans' mental health, their perceptions of it, has declined their impressions of their physical health haven't really gone down that much or haven't changed that much since last year so you know perhaps that's a bit of a silver lining that while we're looking at this coronavirus pandemic people still feel that their physical health is strong but it's this emotional toll that they're experiencing which is really a telltale sign and i wonder um moving forward what where those numbers are going to clock in where people are going to be because we're in the midst of it now. We're in the midst of the pandemic. And what is going to happen two, three, four, five months from now? You know, is there going to be some sort of PTSD that people experience following the height of this pandemic? And just the return to some kind of normal when uh, with the vaccine. You know, you mentioned the news cycle, and you know, we were having even this past week. I forget what day it was, but you know, the electoral college voted uh, for Joe Biden. Uh, the vaccine showed up. Uh, the attorney general announced his resignation. I think there was one other thing that day too. There were four like major headlines uh, in one day that would have led the news on any of and on any yeah. one and day. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah, that's really you know astounding uh, that 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 has uh, been that way. And we do see in the numbers uh, that you know not much has changed. Uh, I guess among Democrats, um, um, but the Republicans, uh, you know, a, a dip in the numbers. And I'm wondering. You know, I, I looked at some of those and I just wonder whether the Democrats felt after four years that there was, you know, perhaps an opportunity for some hope that they could get out from under the, the, uh, the Trump um, presidency. Part of Donald Trump's support has been how agitated uh, people are. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, that may also have created some kind of decline there. Well, I think it's it's striking that we've talked a lot about coronavirus this year on a lot of podcasts. The thing that probably ties that for most mentions is the partisan divide. And here we are, a question, a survey about mental health, and there's a partisan divide. There you go. I, I think part of your point is, is well taken, Lee, which is that while a lot of this decline in mental health uh, probably does have to do with the pandemic, I mean, this is a historic, um, you know, pandemic. Uh, nobody, almost no one alive, you know, 1918 was the last one, certainly no adult that was alive in 1918 is alive today to, to remember this and, and to, to look what we're going through and to remember what we went through then and what we're going through now. So when you look at these numbers and see that Democrats' mental health, as they report, has not really changed, but Democrat, uh, Republicans are down like 15 points, mm -hmm. uh, it's hard not to come to, or 12 points, uh, no, down 15 points, sorry. It's hard not to draw some 
conclusion that it's not just the pandemic that's driving some of this. It is the politics and, and that chaos and craziness and exhaustion that you're talking about, Mary. Um, if you had asked, if they had been in the field in, in uh, October, <laughs> would we have gotten the same numbers? I wonder, because Democrats seem to be in pretty bad mental state before the election, <laughs> and maybe they're in a little bit better mental state now. So I think uh, it is interesting, though. I don't think it's just the coronavirus, and it's not just politics. There, As you point out, there's just been so much going on. This 2020 is But it's all been crazy. so interwoven, and I think that's the point here. I mean, the economy, the politics, the coronavirus, um, even social justice issues, which have been on the table, had a, uh, uh, you know, a coronavirus and economic edge to them. Uh, but we've reached a point in the year, and we, believe it or not, <laughs> it feels like a five-year year, but it's only one, and now we get to, we do get to turn the page. And uh, we do start uh, shortly a new year, and not surprisingly, in the numbers, the most significant event, drum roll, for 2020 was the coronavirus. Uh, but I think what I found interesting in all this is a sense that people do have optimism, uh, a sense of optimism in the, the coming year, uh, despite everything that happened this year. 56% of Americans say they're more optimistic uh, than pessimistic, which is 38% say that, for what is ahead in 2021. Um, so you've had the coronavirus, the presidential election, shut down the economy and protests over racial justice. And, you know, this is Maris poll numbers. Uh, and we are seeing that these are showing people, you know, showing some optimism uh, down the road, perhaps because of the vaccine showing up. Uh, and we may be feeling a little bit about that we're getting out from under all this. And, and to your point. And to your point, Jay, I think what um, this other question really does point to is the impact of the election on uh, on people's kind of well-being and, and the impact that these different events have had. Um, of course, when we look at asking people uh, what the most significant event is, um, yes, 51% of majority of Americans say the uh, pandemic, COVID-19, but 63% of Democrats point to that. 35% um, of Republicans uh, point to, to the pandemic, but 37% of Republicans actually say the presidential election was most impactful. So when you talk about perhaps the timing of this survey being in November as opposed to being in October um, with the Gallup numbers, we may have seen very different numbers depending upon um, you know, the stress that people had you know, pre-election as to uh, compared with the disappointment that they may have felt uh, after the election. And just to take everyone through the numbers, you know, we look at the 51% of Americans who say that coronavirus was the most significant event of 2020 for our nation, 27% thought that the presidential election was the most impactful, followed by 13% who say that the shutdown of the economy was the most critical, and 7% who say the protests for racial justice uh, took that top spot. And you know, I wasn't surprised by the majority of Americans who ranked the coronavirus at top, but I was somewhat surprised by the small proportion of Americans who thought that the protests were racial justice. Uh, what's most impactful for the for this this year we're ending, and and just wanted to get a sense from all of you what you think about that. I mean, is that timing again? Like, if you'd asked this, if we'd done this poll, it wasn't the year end, but if we'd done this in June, would would it have been different? I mean, I, I do think that timing plays an awful. Well, obviously, 
Timing plays a lot in polls, as we talked about right before we started recording. It is we we do snapshots in time, and this particular snapshot was taken uh, in the last couple of weeks here. And I do think that that if this had been asked at a different time, the protests for racial justice would would probably have been uh, more significant because it was more in people's minds. One of the things that happens, though, I think, in a year like this, when uh, we have multiple days like the one that Lee just mentioned, where Bill Barr, the attorney general resigning, was like a third place story that you kind of got to if you really spent a lot of time looking at the news, is that we have had so many days like that that we forget. And I think a lot of people have forgotten what was happening in March and April and May and June, specifically with regards to racial justice. Yeah, and, and the election didn't end when we thought the election was going to end. We went into extra innings, and you know people were still waiting for the president to, to concede. And you know, I think we're actually like still we're still waiting for that, Lee. Actually, yeah, it's still happening. Also, we're you know, and we're right now. You know, we are in the middle of a of, of a surge of, of of the coronavirus. So absolutely, Jay, I I agree with you that that has to have an impact. I mean, think about too if we'd asked this question during. Uh, the time when many parts of the, the country had shut down in terms of the economy. I think that that, that would be you know, a, a similar thing where it's when their events are occurring, it becomes uh, more, more top of mind. Um, but Lee, as you point out, um, there is still a lot of optimism looking forward to 2021. I think a lot of people are very happy to kind of scratch 2020 off the calendar. Is off that the optimism because it can't get worse? <laughs> <laughs> I, bet, I bet there's some of it. Um, Democrats, um, uh, Black Americans um, are more optimistic. Almost eight in 10 uh, Democrats uh, are optimistic. I suspect that has to do uh, with the new Biden administration, yep. which we are going to see in the new year, um, and as well as Black Americans. And I think that um, I think some of the, um, the, the turmoil that we, we felt and experienced during the protests uh, for racial justice have also turned into um, some, some optimism about the fact that these, these issues are now front and center, that they are being discussed, um, yeah. and that they are on the list of priorities uh, for the next yeah, there's, there's a new sheriff in town, and uh, you know we do have that sense. You know, but I I wanted to also point out one thing. You know, we talk about the Roper surveys, uh, you know, every week, and there was one thing I saw that Ariel uh, Edwards Levy had identified in, in some of her information. She's with the I Huffington really, Post. Yes, with the Huffington Post, and uh, a former guest on on. Our and she drills show. down into the Roper archives quite often. Yes, absolutely, and and one of the things that she was identifying from our poll was that 61% uh, said that they were going to take the vaccine, which the number is actually increasing, 32% uh, no. Uh, and she went back into the Roper archives and found that in 1954, when the polio vaccine first was available, uh, or just like where we are right now with, with the coronavirus vaccine, 60 to 31 from Gallup, it was the same number. Um, and you know, you could ask the question, Where's polio now? Well, it's pretty much gone, and uh, not a, not a, the worry. Certainly, it wasn't in those days. Um, so that may be fueling the optimism. Also, the the sense that um, you know the vaccine is arriving uh, as we speak. Um, but also, interestingly, the White House, for the first time 
on dealing with the coronavirus seems to be taking the charge and taking the lead um, and encouraging people to take the vaccine, which up until this point, they weren't even encouraging people to wear masks. So I, I think there's quite a, a change in that tone, which may contribute to in the future, as Joe Biden takes the oath of office, even increasing numbers taking the vaccine. Well, I think, you know, one of the things that is very interesting, just to show how things have changed over the the last, is it 60 or 70 years, right, from the early 50s, um, when uh, you talk about the fact that, um, you know, in, in the mid-50s, the, um, the vaccine um, for polio was just being unveiled, and it took almost a decade before that vaccine was distributed throughout the population. Uh, we're hopeful that by mid-2021, uh, we will have had the uh, COVID-19 um, vaccine distributed to uh, all Americans uh, who are, you know, interested in, in taking it. And globally, there is optimism that that will also be the case uh, for people, um, you know, within within the next year. So quite an amazing feat uh, for science. And it's wonderful to see the optimism for 2021. But after a year where there was so much turmoil. Um, I think that it's important to laugh because if you don't laugh, as my mother would say, you cry. And one cool question that uh, certainly makes us laugh year after year is our annoying word survey. And much to Lee's chagrin. Mm -hmm. I find it annoying, Mary. Yeah, I find this annoying what you're about to say. You're right. Whatever, with 47% has <laughs> clocked in once again as the most annoying word or phrase used in casual conversation today and it's not just today it's for more than a decade we started asking this question i think it was 12 years ago we started asking this question and we cannot get whatever off of its irksome pedestal yeah and, and as i say that's really annoying so we need ideas okay <laughs> no, we but need i thought i ideas. had it this year i really really thought i had it this year the notion the new phrase excuse me or something like that you're on mute given everybody being remote and well, it didn't come to be. In fact, as Jay said in the open, it's not even in the top three. Here, I was going to knock. Although it did knock whatever off its pedestal. And it, look, it is it is tied for fourth or fifth. It's tied for fourth with actually, but they both only got nine yeah. percent. So, yeah, it uh. doesn't seem to have made it. So it goes it goes whatever like. In my opinion, you're on mute and actually. Uh, and I dare anyone to not say that one of those words or phrases during this segment. <laughs> you know, Mary, you may be right, you know, you know, that's a new one. <laughs> well, actually, Mary, whatever. We've tried we've tried so many of them and, and there's there's nothing quite as annoying. I think because you can do so much with whatever. It's it's not just, you know, one context specific. Um, you can use it in so many different scenarios. So it can be irritating um, in so many ways. <laughs> yeah, but I, I will tell you though, we also ask one other fun question we've been asking for decades. Uh, and we asked that in May around my birthday, whether whatever year I am is considered young, middle-aged or old. Now, whatever is still leading the most annoying phrase, but unfortunately, we didn't, we didn't get a change in, in the most annoying word, but my guess is this year, when it comes to the big 7-0 in May, we may see a our, our other our other fun question be probably more of a tragic. Yeah, you're already planning, aren't you, Lee? I, I yeah yeah. 
don't know how much fun that's going to be for you come May of 2021. But you're speaking of age, what's interesting is that whatever is the most annoying for Americans, regardless of age, but Americans over the age of 45 do find it more bothersome than younger Americans. And I do think that that comes back to what we talk about every year, which is the uh, context in pop culture and how, the, how whatever's been used in movies, there's a hand gesture, it's very flippant and dismissive. And so it will be interesting to see as we ask this in years to come, oh, whether whatever. or not it will finally flip. What do we have for the person? What do we have, what do we have for the person who suggests something to us that uh, that then next year knocks off whatever? We this is real. It's thirty. I mean, thirty-four percent. This is big. You're not going to knock that off. I mean, it's forty-seven uh, percent. I'm sorry. No, forty-seven percent <laughs> this year. year. It was thirty-four percent last year. This is like one of the worst. Year. This is like. One right. of the worst we've ever it's had. It's gotten worse. I mean, 34% in 2019, 47%. It's getting more popular as being the most annoyingly. I think we're going the wrong <laughs> direction. I don't know if I believe these these poll data. I may take this to Supreme No, I think, it's, I, I, think it's, I think it may be partly the fact that, you know, we're, we're all living multi-generationally uh, these days. And uh, so we're, uh, you know, we're expressing ourselves to each yes. other, family well, and wait. friends. With any luck, right. we won't be asking, we won't be asking people if you're on mute is the most annoying phrase next year because we won't be doing so much of this. <laughs> there you go. There you go. This is it's one and done. And on that note, that will do it for this edition of Whole Hub. And it's not just going to do it for this edition of Whole Hub, it's going to do it for Whole Hub for 2020. We are going to take a holiday hiatus, but not to worry, we will be back after the first of the year. And so from all of us at the Marrows Hall, we wish you a peaceful holiday season and a very healthy 2021. And Pull Up is a production of the Marist, Pol Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York. Mary, who you just heard from, she's our executive producer and also host at times, uh, including this special episode. Casey Schaff is our production supervisor. Amelia Morell, Leo Ruiz, and Madeline Jones are our production assistants. And Marcella Bettman is our trusted editor. And he's got a task for the new year. We have a surprise. First episode of 2021. You want to make sure you're ready for that because we've got a surprise, something new. You know, I think that's very encouraging. I think that's out with the old, in with the new. I mean, that's what it's all about. And as we mentioned earlier uh, in this podcast, the Roper Center archives are the place to go when you're looking for information over time. And we'd love to check them out and you should too. And if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us. Please, if you have any suggestions on words and phrases We're that desperate. really annoy, <laughs> annoy you, uh, we keep the list all year round until uh, we get to the, uh, to the end of the year and uh, do our poll on this topic. So please, please, please give us some suggestions. We're desperate, desperate. Uh, and finally, if you like what you hear on Poll Hub, consider living, leaving a review. Um, and positive reviews do help others find us. Uh, while you're at it, if you haven't already, please go ahead and subscribe. And for uh, from everyone at the Marist Poll, uh, we wish you a very happy holiday and also the all the best in 2021. So what do you say, guys? Happy, happy holidays! holidays.